Hello and welcome back to the House of Growth. This week I spoke to Holly Matthews, the no-nonsense self-development coach making well-being, growth, healing and self-development easy and relatable. In her own words, she's a little bit Deepak and a little bit Tupac. She's been on TV since the age of 11 and has faced all of the challenges that that brings. She talks about always having a passion for supporting people to be the best version of themselves and how she really stepped into that purpose over lockdown. Uh, and I feel that Holly's doing an amazing job of translating well-being and self-care into a language that anyone and everyone can understand, which is really, really powerful. Her book, The Happy Me Project, is being released early next month, and she's hosting a rest of all later in June. We spoke about this and so much more, and you can find links below to connect with Holly and to all of the brilliant self-development books we recommended in the show. Holly, thank you so much for being here. Um, I know you are known as the no-nonsense self-development coach, so no-nonsense, how are you doing today? Um, actually excellent because I feel like I mean I went to the gym so already I feel like a hero like you know just like I mean I'm not a gym goer I, I do my best to move my body in that but I'm not so when I go I feel like I'm like a living legend and I pat myself on the back probably too much but it was a great start to the day I've been very productive um, lots of nice exciting things happening um I've had a great lunch it's been great I mean that's the more of a detailed answer than you might require but excellent no nonsense here no nonsense here good I'm glad to hear it glad to hear it. and yeah do pat yourself on the back you know when we do things that we don't love, love doing but we know we need to do for our mental physical emotional health it is really important to give ourselves that little pat on the back so I love it yes and uh, so you are so many things and so many things beyond all of these things. Um, I don't believe in boxes. I don't like boxes because we will eventually outgrow them. And they will they will keep us in. But to name a few things that you are, you are an actress, author, TV personality. You have a slot on BBC Radio, Monday Motivation, podcaster. You've got TED Talks. You're a vlogger. You're an NLP practitioner, YouTuber, coach. You're even hosting a festival that we're going to talk out in a bit. So, um, I mean, the first thing that came to mind when I'm reading all of this is like, give someone else a go. <laughs> doing when, everything. You, when you read it out like that, even I'm like, Christ, that's a lot of stuff. Do you know what the lucky thing is, though? Now, I feel anyway, back in the day, because I've never had a proper job. I started out as an actress and then. I muddled my way through just trying different things, lots of different things as we've listed and more. But what I love is that when I first started out doing that, it wasn't the thing, like people didn't do it. And there was always that notion of jack of all trades, master of none, that, that saying that um, you know people like to tout about. However, if we're talking to younger people than I now, that is not the case. It is almost seen as applauded. It's like a good thing now. It's, oh, well, you have your, what they call it multi-passionate. Isn't that the thing that they say now? Multi-passionate. And, and I'm definitely multi-passionate and have enjoyed doing many things in my life. And I'm sure I will double back on a few. I'm sure I will try new things. But I think the most important thing in our happiness is that we don't stay the same throughout our lives. We change. And I think this is sometimes when people get stuck in a thing, um, they get stuck in who they think they should be in this world. That's where we start to become unstuck, where we feel a bit rubbish because we're not going to stay the same. If I stay the same from being a child till my death, which is hopefully old and gray in my bed, we would like to think, um, you know, if we, if we have all that time and we don't change our opinions or our thoughts or our likes and dislikes, I mean, I'm not talking about your fundamentals, but 
it's going to be a pretty boring life. So I think it's important to try different things. And I try not to limit myself and I just go with what feels exciting at the time. Love it. Yeah, smash the box. And um, yeah, there's one of my favorite people, Marie Forleo. She describes herself as a multi-passionate entrepreneur. Yes. And I love, love that. Marie. Love Marie Forleo. And actually, she comes from an entertainment background. And yeah, because I didn't know who she was years ago. She's obviously been around a long time now. And a friend of mine was like, I'm listening. This was like, I don't know, 10 years ago. I'm listening to this woman, Marie Folio. You're going to love her. She's really similar to you in her approach. And I was like, who's this Marie Folio? And she came from kind of a dance background and, and sort of that kind of world. Um, and I remember see, hearing her say everything is figure outable, which is now one of her books, isn't it? it and so is. I have that. In fact, is it there? I'm not bullshitting you, look. Everything is figure outable is on my phone, on my wow. Everything is, because I think about it all the time. Like there's always a way. I am that weed that you know, grows up through the, the cement. Like, I think when we can think about, our, and I, that was a terrible description of myself, but I mean, like, we're going to go through some tough stuff. And that's kind of how I see my my own world is like, you know, you just got to find the positive. There's a route through it. Everything is figure outable. So I massively resonate with Marie Folio. And she's done many things, hasn't she, before becoming a coach? Yeah, she's done so many things and she's done them all fantastically well. She's like one of my favourite people. So we'll, we'll give her a little tag in the comments. Yeah, sure. um, yeah, and everything is figure outable. And we do, at some stage of our lives, need to be that weed that's busting through the concrete. You know, we, yeah. we just have to be. And I love what you said about change there. Like we, you said, like, hopefully we do change. And my take on that is like, we're changing anyway, but you are yeah. going to change. Yeah, regardless, whether you like yeah. it or not, it's moving. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And every aspect of you is changing. They say, I think that like every seven years when you're an adult, even every like cell in your body is replenished every seven years. Yeah. So like, even physically in seven years time, there won't be a single thing about you that is still you. And, mm-hmm. you know, certainly if you cast your mind back, if anyone casts their mind back seven years, you have different beliefs, you have different views, you have different opinions. So I always say you're changing anyway. You might as well get in the driver's seat. 100%. I love that. I love that thought, actually. And I did know that as a fact. I knew that. But just thinking about that then, that's so helpful to people. You were literally, you're going to be, you're a whole different person to you were before, especially if we're carrying trauma and we're carrying stuff of something really challenging that's happened in our life and, or we're not forgiving ourselves. You're literally a different person. You're a different person from a cellular level. I love that. That's something to, I'm, you're going to hear me talking about that again, for sure. Go ahead. Dude. The quote, I don't think I made it up. Uh, I don't think I made it up. <laughs> I'll check it. it. I'll fact check you. It's all right. It's all good. We'll get, we'll make sure the science is on our side. Yeah, exactly. Well, that the fact is true, but the quote about change, I think, comes from someone else. I can't, I can't credit them, but you know, moving on. Thank you to them, whoever they are. Yeah, yeah. Um, so just looking about looking up everything that you do, like it really all came together for me when I was like doing a little bit of research and and, and thinking about this. When I saw you in a t-shirt, a little bit D-pack and a little bit two-pack. Yes. And I was like, oh, now I get it. That was all that was yes. necessary. So tell yes. me about what that means to you. You know what? That so I create I saw I definitely saw that. That is not my original thing. I saw that somewhere and it was for I I created that jump. I'm gonna do a new one because it's faded. Um, but I created that for one of my events because it really does sum me up. And I and I often say to people like 
I am a very passionate human being. Like I can be very fiery. I'm quick to opinions. I'm quick to temper if I'm not careful, if I don't meditate and keep on top of all of my triggers and all of that stuff. Um, I'm a very fiery human being and I wear all of my, I wear my heart on my sleeve. Like I, I, I do... I do tend to be very out there. However, on the flip side of that, I've been meditating and doing stuff like that since I was a really young child. Like I was that hippie kid. I was such a, and I talk about it in my book, but I, I was such a, it was a kind of polarized, very different uh, lived experience on the outside to what I was doing at home. So I'm, go, I'm you know, I'm living in the Newcastle, uh, working class school area, and I'm going out and I'm, you know, a 90s kid. So I'm listening to happy hardcore and drinking cheap wine on the streets with my friends and getting into a bit of trouble. Nothing too serious, but, you know, living living the the 90s kid dream and then I'm going home and I'm I mean I was on TV from 11 years old so I was already dealing with other stuff that other kids my my peers weren't dealing with and I was going through all kind of you know um body dysmorphia type stuff because I was on screen all the time and didn't like the way I looked and it's your teenager so it's awkward so I was going home and I'm listening to like monks chanting and trying to work out how do you feel happy like how do people like get through this stuff and I was doing that from like really really young so when you think about that when I think about that top a little bit deep pack a little bit two pack to me that kind of sums up the aspects of my personality which i think can sit in one human being you can you know meditate and also want to drop kick somebody in the head like you can be two things in one body you don't you're not when again we go back to we're not the same thing all of the time and i think we can have those things together so i think those two things sum me up i want you to be happy i want to help people to be happy i'm trying to help myself through all of the life stuff and be happy but you know reality is sometimes we're a bit more direct a bit more confrontational and all of that stuff yeah more you're also going to get stuff done as well yes and that yeah i love to i'd love to dive into that meditation thing you mentioned a minute mm. ago because i know off screen you mentioned that uh you have adhd and you uh super busy person you're you're out there you uh, wear your yeah. heart on your sleeve as you said and uh, you said that you meditated from a young age as well. And I work with a lot of clients to begin their meditation journey. That's where I have found myself in terms of wellness journey and a morning routine. I'm really passionate about starting because I think that's yeah. by far the biggest step. And the one thing that I get a lot of comments about in terms of like people that engage in my posts and pe people that I speak to just in my circle or yeah. wherever really is just that, oh, you know, like meditation is not for me, like running is my form of meditation. I have a really busy mind. I'm really active. I'm this, I'm that. It's not for me. And it usually is resourced from this idea that they are a particular type of person, you know, like busy mind, really energetic, da da da. So um, can you speak to that? Yeah, absolutely. Because I will often get that kind of shown to me, like, well, how have you got ADHD if you can meditate? And I'm like, I, one, it is not easy meditating, right? It's not easy. And it doesn't all, it, it's not, I don't mean it's complicated. It's not complicated, but I mean, it's not, your brain is gonna wanna do all of the stuff. And if you are a busy brained human being, or like most of us, you just have the attention span of a nap because you're, we, we're, we're used to constantly having screens in front of us. So a lot of us are gonna have that. We have busy minds, that's it, regardless of whether you have a diagnosis everybody is living in the age of notifications so 
absolutely it is just about starting now what i'm going to say is somebody who has a very active mind i don't sit still necessarily in my meditations i don't sit in the you know in the lotus position i will sometimes and again this is purely from learning this myself and feeling my way through stuff and I never had somebody teaching me to meditate I, I heard about it and you know, it was like I say it was the 90s when I started doing this stuff I used to just put music on and like classical chanty music or whatever like something that I thought was meditation and I would just go with that and I I remember somebody saying to me and I think this is actually a really good thing for people starting out and it was a yoga teacher and she said was it meditation it might be a meditation it was a buddhist meditation teacher I take that back and she said if you do a 10 minute meditation you know whether it's a guided meditation or you're just sitting you know doing your pulse or whatever you're doing if you do 10 minutes and you get 30 seconds of a bit of switch off of your brain, then that's 30 seconds you didn't have before. And you gave your brain some time and some space away. And for me, that's what it's about. We don't, you know, you don't win at meditation. It's not like a pass or a fail on meditation, is it? It's a time to sit with yourself. So for me, as I've learned over the years, it's rare I can sit still when I meditate. I just move and I don't even mean like yoga or Pilates or anything like that. I mean, I literally just sway. I'll move my body a bit. And, and I'm sure that looks insane if anybody comes in, but that's not, that's their business. That sounds like a them problem, not a me problem. So I'll just be sat there and I'll just sway and I'll just rock. I mean, we talked about you using the video for this um, earlier. <laughs> you might use the video of this podcast. So maybe we just did video of me swaying will be, you know, highly amusing to everybody, but I think it's finding what works for you. And again, when I started meditating, I didn't know what I was doing. And I was just trying to find some calm. I was just trying to find that calm. And your brain, when you meditate, as you well know, is going to be busy. Your brain is going to want to think all of the stuff. It's going to think back to stuff that you should have said or should have done. It's going to think forward, all the anxieties, all the, the shopping that you need to do, whatever you need to be doing. It's going to do that. Your The idea of meditation is to just keep coaxing it back. Just keep bringing that monkey brain that wants to jump around back to whether it's the breath or you do your pulse or whatever techniques you use. But I think it's when people do it, they do it once or twice and they're like, well, I'm rubbish at meditation. I can't stop thinking. It's very rare unless you're doing some very deep and I can never say this word, transcendental, zen, yes, thank you, thank you, Whew, thank God, um, meditation, where, you know, you're, it's a different level, and I don't do that type of meditation, I do what I class as urban meditation, and my, my, the reason I call it that is because I know there's probably going to be, like, my kids screaming, police sirens, I live in the city, so, you know, there's going to be dogs barking, and I'm going to meditate around that because that's what's useful to most of us. If you can, you know, be sat in a doctor's waiting room and just, you know, even if you're not closing your eyes, you're just averting your gaze a little bit and just giving yourself a minute to check in with yourself. That to me is meditating. That is also you tuning in with yourself, being present in this moment. And the more we can do that, even if it's, you know, five minutes a day. As we can give up five minutes a day. In fact, and I know I'm just off on a tangent of meditation here. But um, I think it was Gabriella Bernstein who I heard saying, and I'm butchering the quote, but it was along the lines of um, if people who say they haven't got time to meditate, well, have you got time to feel shit? Like, have you got time to feel shit? Because if you feel shit, you're going to be taken out for longer than the five minutes you were asked to meditate for. Like, yeah. is, that's it, yeah. right? If you're enjoying this episode and look, you're 15 minutes in, so you must be. 
then why not check out some others? You might like the one with Eddie Elsie, founder of Street Spirituality, or the one with Carolyn Brown, who's a nutritionist, and that is the most listened to episode of the House of Growth. And if you'd like early access to future episodes of the House of Growth, head over to my website, auroralifecoaching.com, hit the top right-hand corner of any page in Create an Account, send me your name and email address, and I'll email you once a month with releases of new episodes of the podcast. And I guess there's a there's a Gandhi quote that says, uh, I'm going to butcher it as well, which is probably worse. It says, everyone should meditate for 20 minutes a day, except if you're really, really busy, in which case you should meditate for an hour a day. Yes, I've heard it and I love that. That's amazing. Yeah, it is true. amazing because it feels counterintuitive, but you have to slow down to speed up. So I talk about that a lot because because of having a very natural, like a busy mind and I'm often very impulsive. I know that actually that's not helpful. It's, It's helpful sometimes, but it's not helpful a lot of the time. That kind of speed can create mess and chaos and mistakes. So sometimes you need to, when you think you go into panic mode, I need to do all the things or I need to push harder. And, you know, you go on social media and hustle culture is thrown in your face. You know, you've got to be busy all of the time, 5 a.m., cold showers and all of that. And you feel all guilt. Instead of doing that, just think I'm going to slow down to speed up. I'm going to tune in with myself. What do I need right now? Can I ask for help? Can, can somebody help me through this bit? That's much more beneficial long term than firing yourself to, a version of success and then burning out and not being able to do anything that's not useful to you at all yeah you're absolutely right and it's um and you know we, we got onto this by talking about meditation but uh I, I think we're talking about any self-care any well-being practice when we're speaking of it as an investment of time yeah and there's the other one there's a guy i learned this from like watkins he's incredible like meditation teacher he's got a really good book I always say it's the one book that I wish that I had read when I started meditating. It's called Bliss More. He's excellent. You're going to love him. And uh, he does like a daily, lights daily dose, which is, you know, an incredible newsletter where he just does a daily dose of inspiration. Yeah. And I learned from him, it's, there's this, I'm just turning into a quotes machine now, but he said, there's this thing that goes, the woodsman was asked, you have 10 minutes to chop down a tree. What would you do? He said, I would spend the first nine minutes sharpening my axe and like meditation or these well-being practices are sharpening our axe so that when we actually get to work, we do things effectively, efficiently, minimal fuss, fewer mistakes. Yeah. And this could apply to meditation. This could apply to breath work, whatever it is that you're doing, even just going for a walk without yeah. screens at lunchtime for 20 minutes, whatever you're doing, these are investments of time mm-hmm. that are going to save time down the line that's the way I see it anyway what do you think about no I absolutely totally agree it's not wasted time I think um in my book there's a chapter called do nothing and that's it was this has been something that I've had to really lean into because it it it's not my natural state and it's not most of our natural states because we're taught to be guilty about doing nothing we're taught to be guilty about slowing down but you're absolutely right the, re- the reality is if we slow down and we create some kind of plan and we actually do things with more um, more of a conscious decision, it's way better. And even a conscious decision to do nothing. And I often say to my clients who struggle with this, put it in your diary, do nothing. You'll feel better about it because you'll feel like it's a ticked job on the list because we're conditioned to you know be, be doing all of the time. So put in your diary, do nothing 20 minutes and do 
nothing for 20 minutes and you'll feel better. And I mean, all of the science backs it up. I mean, it isn't just us going, oh, this is a really good idea. And, you know, like we're trying to trick you. Like the science backs it up. You are more productive if you slow down to speed up. You are more productive if you meditate. You are more productive if you take time. 20 minutes is the optimum when it goes to outside science wise in terms of the benefits for productivity and mental health and all of that. I don't know why it's 20 minutes, but it is. And get outside, you're more productive if you laugh for 20 minutes you're more productive so you know when we feel guilty because we're scrolling on tiktok and i'm not talking about doing it unconsciously where you're just stuck in a scroll hole but let's say you go right i'm having 20 minutes to laugh at some tiktoks uh, or youtube video or whatever i'm going to just laugh at something that's so beneficial for your creativity and your productivity we would but we feel guilty about it because then we think oh i should be doing should be doing all of the time and it's not we just end up being ineffective and just not as good. Yeah. As soon as I hear that word should, I'm like, yourself. And yeah, like this busy mind business is true. Like there's John Kabat-Zinn. He talks about like, if you've, if you're meditating, if you're trying to do something that settles the mind and you're constantly thinking, he was like, congratulations, you're alive. But that's <laughs> yeah. Well done. That's <laughs> so true. Yeah, that's how it goes. Um, so, we, we've dived straight into that. That's awesome. I would love to know a little bit about the inspiration for your book, which is coming out next month. Tell us, tell us about it. Um, okay, so the Happy Me Project, uh, the book itself, has been, it lived in my brain for a long time because I like to read. I do like to read. And I'm, again, I also find it hard to read. I have to factor reading in. And I'm absolutely obsessed with helping people to feel more happy and less crappy and finding their route through that and living a life that feels good to them. Like I'm obsessed with it. I, I don't know why, but I am. It, I, it's not enough for me to just be happy. It's not enough for me to work it out. For me, it you know, I feel that drive to try and help people because I look at people and I have clients and people in my communities and I'm like, you're absolutely amazing. Why can't you see it? <laughs> like, why can't you see how amazing you are? And so many can't. So many people can't see through, you know, they can't see the wood for the trees. They can't see through their trauma. They can't see through the difficulties. They can't see the good and, and everything feels false. So the book for me, the, the style of the book was how can we make, how can I make self-development accessible to people? So it's called the Happy Me Project and No Nonsense Guide to Self-Development. It's 60 chapters. And but each chapter is only four pages with actionable stuff to do, because the one thing I know about happiness is happy being happiness is a verb. We've got to do some stuff to be happy. It isn't just something, you know, well, maybe it is. I don't know. But it, it, we do have to do stuff often because it's not life can you know shows us all kinds of stuff. We have all kinds of things that we go through that can make us feel really unhappy. So sometimes we have to walk ourselves through things. And that means, in, you know, using different tools. A lot of the stuff I'm sure you talk about, um, lots of self-development stuff that just helps us walk through it. So the book came about and it was written during lockdown. I knew I wanted to do it before lockdown, but actually the content of the book was massively um from I went live the beginning of lockdown for like three months solid every day because I knew that was a way I could give back it was also useful to me to be connected to human beings but I just went live for free and life coach people every day for three months in my communities 
And in doing that, I was working with people real time and I was having to come up with things quicker and researching and reading and learning lots of new things because people were coming at me with their individual unique problems. And I'm working, okay, what could they try? What? And I'm learning loads. And I sat there and I'm writing things on little post-it notes and popping them in my drawer. I mean, it's the ramblings of a lunatic if you look at it. If you come in the office, it's just a pile of like loads, loads of quotes in there that I've written down. I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. I'll still look at it now. But I, I literally took those post-its and those lessons and you know the people's stuff that I had work through with them and all of that and I made it into a book and I the thing that I really had in my mind I didn't when I first put the proposal together I knew I wanted it to be something that people just used a lot like that people went back to that they didn't I didn't want them to feel pressured to read it from front to back like a novel I wanted it to be that you pick it up you pick a chat, you know, you flick through because I'm I'm a naturally rebellious human. I will want to look at the back first if somebody tells me to look at the front. It's a horrible name. I know some of you will resonate with this. Right. So I, I want it to be that you just flick through and you pick a chapter. So the one I've just flicked through the book now, making friends with fear. Right. So making friends with fear. There's four pages of talk about that topic where I also share my own experience in it and then at the end you've got on this one you've got four points to think about and that might be something you have to write something you have to do somewhere you have to go something you have to think about but these are things that you can try yourself and I think when you are in a difficult time or you're just feeling a bit meh right you're trying to find your way through it you don't really want to read a whole book in one big you know you have a big lecture about psychology like you just want someone to give you like a thing to try to pull you through it and so I wanted it to be like that and it came it really came about as I say of a few things the happy me project came about after the death of my husband and the happy me project was always about what is the easy low-hanging fruit we can do to, to do every day the stuff that you know the basics of self-development the things that we can keep doing that actually pull us through those moments but the book itself is kind of the the next step of that it's me going actually here you go there's an actual book for you to look at and you can read it on the toilet you can read it you have it in your handbag you can highlight it like you know some people are very precious about their books and I do get that and I you know or power to you but sometimes I think when it's a book like this you need to finger it and thumb it and write notes in it and highlight it and it needs to look like it's been loved and I want people to have it as that kind of book you know it's in the the in your pocket in the car in the door so that you when you sat there and you're having those moments where you've pulled up the car and you just sat there for a bit longer than is necessary I know I'm not the only person that does that just sit in the car I want to get your book out and just think right I want to pick a page I'm gonna read four pages you can do that. You can read four pages a day. We all can, even if we tell ourselves that we can't. So that is how the book came about. And I'm like, clearly you can tell I'm very excited and very passionate about it because I'm just excited for people to have these tools because they actually do work. They do work if you implement them, not if you just have it on your shelf as what one of my clients calls shelf help, which oh. I love. Shelf help. Yeah. I mean, I've got some of those up there where I haven't read them yet. And I'm like, look at me with my self-help help books. Aren't I so clever? Pat, 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 but not actually implementing the stuff. So I don't want it to be that. None of that nonsense. You're going to read it and try the stuff out and do the activities. Yeah, I know that feeling. So, you know, when someone's like, oh, have you read uh, Brene Brown's latest book? I'm like, oh, yeah, I've read that. Yeah, I've read that. It's really good. <laughs> 
what am I supposed to be doing from that again? I forget. Yeah. Power of now. Yeah, I've read that as well. Read that. You live in every moment in the present moment and you letting go of all of your, oh, yeah, 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 kind of, sort of, yeah. Sort of, probably. Think I, I don't know. But like you say, it's, it's sometimes you'll read it and it'll, you'll like it in that moment, but the minute it stops, you're not implementing the stuff. And I know not all books are books that you have to do a thing from, but... Um, when they are, it's nice to be able to actually try those things. And The Power of Now was a book I read when I would have been like 20, maybe. I think it was given to me by, I was at drama school and the teacher gave it to me and he was like quite a spiritual teacher. He did some kind of physical movement thing with us and he gave me that book to read. I mean, he probably sensed that's why he was giving it to me. He's like, be in this moment right now. And he gave me the book and I remember reading through it and thinking, nah. I'm going to be living in the future. I'm, 20. I'm not <laughs> going to be living in the now. No, thank you. Let's keep moving forward. I'm not where I want to be. And I read it again. I don't know, maybe like 10, I mean, not even that long ago. How old am I? 10 years ago. Is that 10? Yeah, that's, I'm quite old now. We're so decades Yeah, I, I think I read it again when I was older anyway. And yeah. I didn't, I totally understood it on a different level. Like I totally, totally understand why that teacher gave me that book in that moment. It's like, could be you could do with being more present my friend but it's a good book but as you say right. do I reflect on that loads probably only in the in the respect of going I should try and be more present but I don't know how much I'm actually doing of that I don't know yeah and there's definitely a space like all of these books like all these people we've spoken about their books are fantastic I love them I've yeah. got far more books on my shelves than I'll ever be able to read but I try I endeavor but mm. there's a different level of self-help and self-care which is like daily and what you're talking about is uh, no nonsense stuff easily accessible pick it up something to do and you if you notice that that is something that was helpful for you in a difficult moment then you can be like that was easy enough that I can continue to do that and like what is the downstream effect of me actually doing this two-minute exercise every single day and like just do it for a month and see, just give yourself two minutes every day to do like one of these exercises and see what happens. Like it can be life changing to, yeah. to do those types of things. So I think it's absolutely amazing that you mm -hmm. produce something that normal people can find, except because, you know, all this stuff we're talking about power now is brilliant. I love it, but, but it's, it's quite highbrow, isn't it? And it's yeah, quite, um, I think it, a lot of that stuff is quite down your personal development journey. And it's also a very type of self-development. And a lot of people won't resonate with that at all. Like this book is not woo. It's not woo-woo. If you have, if you are a person who's woo-woo or religious, you can add that to it. You can add your own woo. Like this is not woo. This is straight talking. And I, I've said to a few people, you know, this is a book that you can give to your cynical friend. The one that thinks self-development and positive mindsets a lot for crap, right? You can give them this book and you won't be embarrassed because it will be, they, they can't, my delivery is very honest as, as you probably guessed. And so, and I share my own stuff in it. So it's very brutal in some of the, the aspects of it. In fact, I've given it to my daughters. So they took them to school and said they were going to flex at school. They're 11 and nine flex. Yeah, it was like Sean off. Sure enough. Okay. Oh, yeah. I can't pull that off. Wait, I think I'm just too old to put that on. I, I can't probably haven't pulled it off. I yeah, so she, she brought my oldest, my youngest isn't reading it, but my oldest, who's 11, she's reading through it, which is a really weird, vulnerable space as a parent because I'm like, I'm grassing myself up in some of this. <laughs> I'm well grassing myself up. But she read it. She was like, Mom, like, 
she's only read the introduction that's the, the longest bit is the introduction because you kind of got introduced it but it's a little longer than four pages and she's like I'm reading the introduction and she's like it's really sad some, some bits mom it's really sad and I'm like yeah some bits of life are sad but if you keep reading you'll also see good stuff as well like it's not all bad yes there are some on paper really painful stuff and they are and have been really painful but equally it's not all one thing like it's also good as well um, but she was reading it and she you know she's 11 and she's like oh I love how you've written it it's really un- like it's dead easy to understand and actually that really matters you know it really matters that it is that simple I, I want it to be simple enough that an 11 year old can understand and get and be like ah so right like that makes sense we don't need we don't need to overcomplicate it do we absolutely I love that and I love that it's gonna it's it's gonna be something that's gonna be so accessible to to everyone the people that are ready for change yeah. the cynics the woo-woo people everyone's got something in there that they can just action yeah. straight away I think it's awesome well done thank you in truly special work and um so I'd love to also hear a little bit more about your group the happy me project group coaching yeah so it's a it's a membership so I did do group coaching prior to this as a like a suck it and see type of thing I did a six-week program called the you got this academy and that was in sort of was that 2020 and what I really found from any of the programs I've done is that kind of what we were saying with the book as well that people need that check-in and that longevity it's like going to the gym you don't just do a you know a a retreat of a gym you know boot camp and then that's it like if you just did that you would get benefit but then you would drop off if you didn't continue it so a lot of my um clients and stuff were saying like can we just have like something there we check in like regularly so I put the membership together and um that launched at the end of last last year yeah last year and it's a group so once a month we do a group session together where we do a zoom it's 20 pound a month. So I didn't make it like, you know, what is it? 199797. I didn't make it so it was on a, you know not accessible to people. And I'm not pouring shade on that number or that thing. I get it, right? I get why in, you know, charge whatever you wish. And it's different audiences for different people. But I really, my audience, they're normal people with normal salaries, most of my audience. And I didn't want to price them out of being able to get what they need. I wanted it to be around the price of a cheap gym membership or something. So you can keep, so you can stay in there. So you can keep doing things. So within the membership, we have a group session, but I also go live in the Facebook group every day and we talk. And like this afternoon, I'm always trying to find ways to hold them accountable to the basics. So drink your water, get outside, you know, keep on sleep well, all of those basic things that we think we can get away with not doing, because we just think we can, we think we're somehow cheating the system. Yep, you've got your water as well, me too. And I only drink it out of this tumbler, otherwise I won't drink water. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> that, that, I don't know why that, I think that's a neurodiversity thing. I'll just keep my tumbler, I'll drink my water. Um, but she, I thought it was a McDonald's, like large Coca-Cola. Yeah, not, yeah, not, yeah, no, it's definitely not that, no. It's definitely not that. <laughs> It's definitely my what I promise. But what I'm trying to do in the membership is always find ways for me to do things with them that kind of by default helps them to keep on top of that. So we do a walk and talk. Um, most weeks I'll do a walk and talk with them where I'll go out and go for a walk and I'll talk about something self-development with them and I'll encourage them to get out at the same time. Or if they can't, watch it on replay and watch it on their walk. So it helps them to be accountable. Today, I've tried for the first time. I mean, please, 
I do not think I'm Mrs. Hinch, right? I am a chaotic human being with a messy house. And, but what I said, I thought, I said, let's do a clean with me because there's an accountability thing to that. And we'll talk self-development while we did it. We talked a lot about simplifying your home because clutter has a huge issue for our minds and, you know, clearing out, simplifying and finding processes that work for you. But also we talked about letting go of shame and all of that stuff. And while we did, while, you know, while I was doing that, I'm doing my dishes and also holding myself accountable, which is fantastic. Um, but I'm always trying to, in the membership, find ways to, yeah, keep people going with self-development stuff. And we bring in amazing guest speakers. We've had everything from sleep experts to breathwork coaches. Um, this last month, we had an amazing nutritionist called Thalia Pellegrini, and she talked about, you know, all nutrition stuff, which is not something I do, and I cannot offer that to them. And so bringing in these great experts has just been really beneficial for everybody. And it's also more than anything, you'll know yourself as well when you've been in these spaces, it's the community that you get in there. And people that don't, you know, may live across the other side of the world to you, but you, you build a, a connection with and a space to just a safe space to land. Like I'll often describe it as a safe space to land where when you're feeling rubbish or to celebrate your wins, not everybody, not everybody is able to, you know, talk about this stuff with those around them. So when we're talking about celebrating wins, it's not always the big stuff. You know, it might be that you got dressed this morning. It might be that you made your bed. Those are wins depending on where you are at. So we actually had last month, or was it the month before, we had an awards ceremony within the membership and that was, it was a bit of fun, but it was a way for us to stay on track with their goals. It was, you know, like they'll say to themselves, say at the beginning of the month, I'm going to, this is my goal for this month. And, you know, if they achieve that and they let me know that some of them won an award for that, like the, you know, goal getter awards or people who were just really helpful in the community, like they'd be like the golden heart award or whatever. It's a bit of fun. It's gamifying life a little bit but it actually is really beneficial because it makes us do the stuff and just because we're adults doesn't mean that we want to do things in a boring way you know sometimes we've got to find ways through all of the stuff that actually helps us yeah definitely and you were talking earlier about the science behind it and mm. and you mentioned their gamifying it's so true as book by james clear called atomic <laughs> habits and there's yes love it oh, you love it it's great yeah four laws of habit building right make it obvious make it easy make it attractive make it satisfying and that satisfying element is like having that group of people or even that person to celebrate with whether that's your coach your therapist your group uh, your community yeah. and you know it's really really important to have that element where you like you said earlier give yourself that pat on the back but not just to yourself have other people to be like well done it's yeah. there's a component to that which actually gives us a dopamine hit when we get celebrated by other people and that that dopamine hit uh, and this is a guy called Andrew Huberman talks about this he's a neuroscientist he talks about when you get that it's not just about like feeling good it actually helps you to continue to develop continue to give you motivation to do whatever it is that you're going to do next and, and I think that most people like resonate with that when you do something whether it's at work or you accomplish something in your private space or at home and like you get that satisfaction from people are like well done like really good work great excellent and you're like you feel like for a moment at least yeah, like, yeah I can do anything is that whole and um, there's a thing called the Michelangelo effect isn't there which is um and I'm probably not going to explain this exactly but essentially it's when you are around people 
that see you in a really great light, that people that believe in you or champion you in some way, that actually the science of that is that we can start to live into that. We can start to be molded by their belief in us. Obviously the sad truth on the opposite side is if you're around people who you know are demotivating and not your champion and negative and not very nice to you equally the truth the same can be true that you begin to think well i am a crap person but if you can be in communities where people are championing you it's amazing I mean, we've got somebody in our and I'm, I'm not sharing her name or anything so i'm not sure um, it's not in without the confidence but one of our members um who really struggles to or has really struggled in the past to eat out in front of people, you know, like eating food and stuff in front of people in social situations just made her really uncomfortable, really nervous. And, you know, she's been with us for, you know, a good few months now and really been trying to do that. And, you know, panic attacks have ensued and all of the things that anxiety that's come up with it. And not just me talking through techniques and things she can do, but the whole community checking in and saying, you know, how did you get on? And this week, twice she's eaten out with people from work and it's such a big deal. And and I'm like, I get, I could cry because I'm so happy for them when people do something like that. I'm like, this is such a big deal. And <laughs> excuse me, I'm coughing because I'm so excited. <laughs> um, I've, I've got myself in a right tears um but when people do that you know there's often not a space for them in their own personal lives to explain how important that is no you know because we as you said earlier with the shoulds we feel like we should be able to do that I should be able to eat food with people and it not be a big deal other people do that but if it is a big deal then it's a big deal and then if you then get past that being a big deal you feel the fear and you do it anyway as they say that's amazing and having that community going you're amazing she's messaged me this week you know just like I just love that the way she phrased it I really loved she said thank you for creating a space where you can all help me say help me save myself and you've you've helped me save myself and I think that's such a nicer way of putting it because when you work as a coach you'll often get people in the best intention and they'll say you've you've saved my life or you've and I never own that at all because it makes me feel quite uncomfortable because I didn't do that you did that like you did that you went to that job interview you asked that person out you broke up that relationship you got that job you you did that I might have given you some tools that helped you to see your way through it but I loved how she phrased that. And that really comes down to that community. And, you know, if you think about Alcoholics Anonymous and places like that, they've always understood the element of community and accountability, working with other people. That, that's such an important key to staying on track. And I think that for me has been a really interesting learning over the last couple of years of not just doing one-off stuff where people come to a workshop or they work with me on their own, but also having the backing of people on that same journey with them. Yeah, great. And, you know, like just because you're the no nonsense coach, like no nonsense around this. I know like when you as a coach, you give people tools to do things that they go out and do the work. But like you have done it as well, like you yeah. like yeah, you've yeah. created the community, you've you've built the space and you you literally are helping people change their lives. And you're and it's amazing to hear that your community has been so successful. Just that one story. I'm sure there are hundreds of those stories out there. And um, yeah, it's really inspiring and heartwarming to see something doing someone doing something so so positive in their community thank uh, you and it is important like I do I said this to my because my I got a copy of my book yesterday and it was that 
the first time I've seen it off the screen in person. And I did that. I definitely had a moment where I was like, yeah, and I was dead excited and that. And I was saying to the girls, it's so important. And I haven't done this in the past. In fact, I actually talk about that in my book. I, I haven't always celebrated the wins. I've, because of that going on to the next thing, I've often done that without recognizing this moment's important. Like this, if you don't reflect on this, there'll be something that changes and shifts and you might realize you didn't enjoy it in that moment you didn't really you know take a moment to go oh I did a thing that was good and um, you'll just be always chasing and you'll you'll always be looking for something outside of yourself I think really stopping and so yesterday I really did try to sit with myself and go you wrote a book and that's really good well done you and I really try to acknowledge it it doesn't always come naturally to us does it but um yeah taking stock that I look you know I look at my life sometimes I look at my home and my amazing children and I think I do have to check myself sometimes and go you did do this like this wasn't this didn't have you were not handed this this you did some stuff you made some brave decisions and it is important to acknowledge that for sure yeah definitely and um yeah absolutely right and it's it's important to make space for that on a regular basis as well. Not mm. just like when the book comes out, not just when you've managed to overcome something that's difficult for, for you, right? Just have a, just have, I always try and encourage my clients to do this like at the end of a month. So you've got like a clear yeah. marker, like what have I achieved this month? Like no buts, no, oh, but I didn't do this or, but I've got this coming up. Like what did you, what have you marked off the to do this list month, this month? How have you made, how showed up for yourself? How have you showed up for your family? Like how many times have you done the things that you said you were going to do without any buts, without criticizing yourself? Just be happy and grateful for, for the little things that you've done in the day, you know, and, and even just like at the end of every day, you know, there's a lot of talk of morning routines and I work with clients to build morning routines, but even in routines at the end of the day, bookends, you know, like sitting down, you know, there's always that thing of like, who are you when your head hits the pillow and the lights go out? And I think a lot of people at that point, it's just self-criticism, what we've got coming up tomorrow. And that's the time for a lot of people and in the morning as well, when it's just like, it's all going off. But it's like, just have that time. It's like, what have I done today that was good? Yeah. What have I, have I shown? I talked to my clients and sat next to me here because um, I was in our last session we did together this month we talked about stress and burnout and one of the things I was trying to encourage them is the habit of good enough which sounds it sounds negative but it's not the habit of good enough rather than you know people who are constantly trying to perfect every area of their lives will find that their life by default becomes very imperfect whereas if you can cultivate and that doesn't mean not putting your foot on the pedal sometimes to go that extra mile I don't mean that but good enough in the areas where it's okay to be good enough like you know I will never ever say I've got a lovely home right I, but I am a messy human being I'll I'll create chaos in my wake like I know I do and then I'll spend like an hour tidying up because I'm like oh, I want I don't like the mess who made this who did this who's done all this mess and it's me I'm the one who's done it but if I can go like if I can do enough where it's like it's cool it's livable it's not horrible that's all right with me. Like I could go that perfectionist, like I'm gonna, you know, do all of the, the TikTok hacks and like all of that and my house is gonna be perfect. But do you know what would happen to the rest of my life? It would be highly imperfect. So I think it is really recognizing the things that we do because it's hard being an adult. It's hard being an adult human being in the world with all of the stuff we're expected to do. And 
at the end of the day, just acknowledging what that is. And, and I often do that with my kids as well. I'll say, what did you do good today? Like what was, we, we often say, what, what are the, your three favorite, fav, can't speak today, three favorite things. That was a tongue twister. Your three favorite things of the day. Like what did you enjoy? What was good about today? And on the days that they say nothing and they tell me it was a rubbish day. And that, that's when it's like non-negotiable to tell me because they're the days when you need to do it. And also, like, like you said, like just reflecting on what did you do good today? What did you learn today? These are questions, you know, I do it with my kids often, but then I share mine with them as well. But you can do this, as you say, as your head's hitting the pillow, you can think to myself, where did I win today? And without the, the slava, without the rest of it, the inner critic voice, just where did I do good? Like I did good in some way. You know, if I look back on today, I've went to the gym today, I did good. And my house is not a complete hovel today. I mean, we can see mess right now because I've messed it back up again, but it's it's decent today. I've done good. I've had a lovely chat with you. I've done some work. Like there's been loads of wins and I could reflect on, but you didn't do that though, did you? I could do that. But how shame never motivated anybody anywhere, did it? It just doesn't work. Never. never. And that's that is such a good, there's two things that's awesome about that. The, the first one is that I actually, I call this three TTs, three top things. And I actually ask clients to do it throughout the day. And like we're talking about gamifying, actually, like if you're someone that sits at a desk, maybe just have your three post-it note with three TTs. Mm. And like, as soon as you get up, like the game is to do so. And you can start with just like coffee. I had a lovely coffee this morning yeah. on the way into work or like, I really appreciated that. Or I had a nice little scroll on social media. Mm. I had a nice little laugh. And then yeah. like the game is just to like get, make it better throughout the day. So like you can, you can actually go through the day and do that. Wow. Um, the other thing is that when you, when you're thinking about it mentally and you're, and you notice that negative voice coming in saying, oh, but this, that, the other, that's a really good opportunity to just observe that voice and be mm. like, all oh, right, wow. Because like when you're trying to focus on like what you've done well, and it's really important that people like don't then be judgmental of that voice and be like, oh, yes, hell, that thing again. Like, it's yeah. very I've, important I've, I've lost at self-development. I've failed. No, that yeah, voice exactly. will be there. Yeah. I think that's listening to that is really, is important. Like, we're never going to get to a stage and I will often say as well we're never going to get to a stage where that voice isn't there and if that voice wasn't there that inner critic I mean obviously we'd like to turn it down now and then but if that voice wasn't there you'd probably be a sociopath like yeah. you you need to have that voice that's the voice of reflection it's often based on fear it's often based on old stories so it's but we can observe it and we can observe it with a compassionate ear if we can observe it and go oh that's interesting why am I saying that to myself today that's not very kind like would I say that to somebody else no I wouldn't okay so why am I saying that I'm saying that because of and I will say this as well to clients like it it, because it's based a lot of the time on old stories you can almost think to yourself oh that's the I'm too much storyline oh okay that's interesting that's what's playing out here okay it's all right brain I've got this I'm not too much now I'm I'm just enough I'm just enough for the right people because that was one of mine like for years it was you're too much everybody wants you to stop talking which they may well do at times but I would hope they would say holly shut up now enough is enough um please do you just have to raise your hand and maybe I should get like a holly stop talking flag for people um I'll, no, I'll brand, no one really wants that so. <laughs> i'll brand that up i'll get myself out the talking stick is sometimes something we tried in my house actually because we live in a house of chatty people where everyone's fighting for their their space but yeah i think you know just being aware of the stories that we tell ourselves mine was 
a lot of the time was you're too much and that voice will be there that critic you know will be there but I'll observe that and I'll think okay are you being fair to yourself here or you know one you do have something that will create that so you have literally an executive function issue where that will happen quite naturally so drop the shame of that that's part of your personality also your being too much has got you to where you are today so you know whatever there's the good and the bad of all of that me having on my um you know school reports holly does not stop talking well you know i didn't but i I talked myself into a business and and life and a great life so you know it's not all bad so those people that are you know have still got those stories from some teacher at school remember there's good and bad to all of those things that you were told absolutely it's like integrating those parts and in Mm -hmm. the work that i do we call those uh, I work with clients and we call those things gremlins, like gremlin right. message. You get like really yeah. laser focused on like what the message is. Sometimes even like where it came from. Mm. And, you know, we do like a whole ceremony around this, but like just we'll we'll like give it a name and like a name yes. of someone that you don't know. Yeah, love it. And, you know, the, the key point with gremlins is we say that they're along for the ride, mm-hmm. but we don't let them ride up front and we don't let them make decisions for us. Love it. Love it. That's pretty. One of my clients, um, who's in the membership, she calls hers "shitty Susan." (laughs) Makes me laugh. I don't know why. And sorry to all the Susans that might be listening to this, but it just makes me chuckle because it just sounds funny. And actually, even the naming of it, making it funny, can be useful, can't it? Because you can laugh at that noise sometimes, and you can think, "Christ, what a ridiculous! Why am I being such an asshole to myself? Like, I don't have to do that." Like. In fact, I was talking about that just today. I was saying we actually, you know, we do get a choice, as you say. Is the gremlin sitting in the front or the back today? Well, the shitty Susan sat in the front seat today. Well, shitty Susan can get out of the car if she's going to continue. But we can almost laugh at the absurdity because the thing is, we are all the same. We're, we're, we're very unique in our likes and dislikes and triggers and all of that stuff, but there's so much that is similar. It might You might have your own shitty Susan, but it, we are so similar in that and we're all battling those. It doesn't matter if you're watching somebody on social media and you're thinking they've all got their life together. No, they haven't. They, they haven't. They've still got the same gremlins that you've got. They might be better at dealing with it. They might be a bit more on top of it. They've still got the same noise as everybody. Yeah. And, you know, they might not, you know, there's always that thing of, and this is what social media, I love social media. It's great. It's super helpful for connecting people, but mm. where it sometimes becomes problematic is where we judge, look at people and judge their lives as being fantastic yeah. from like this snapshot. And even sometimes people, you know, and you meet like you, we, I try to encourage people to not judge uh, people's outsides by your insides. Right. So if you're on the inside thinking, Oh, bloody hell, look at them. They've got like, loads of nice stuff that that's your insides mm-hmm. like you're only seeing their outsides you can't see like what they're going through on the inside and you know like everyone's got those gremlin messages those those struggles and yeah. that can help us at both ends not to compare ourselves to other people uh, in terms of what they have got and also sometimes just to be more compassionate to people as to, to what they're going through if they're having a tough time absolutely couldn't agree more absolutely and there's what a great conversation i'm loving this it's great one of the things i really want to talk about is rest of all because this just yes. sounds awesome 
I'm very excited about it. So the Restival, um, which I did not come up with that name. I can't claim it. It's an excellent name, a Restival. It was actually my event planner who suggested it to me. And I was like, yes, Junie, Junie Pooney events for anybody that wants to look at her stuff. And um, so when I was known, when I knew the book was coming, I mean, I've done lots of workshops in the past. I did the Happy Me Project did a tour around the UK you know, pre-pandemic. And I did one one post-pandemic kind of happy me workshop, which was really low key and just me chatting and working through stuff. And um, but I love doing the in-person stuff. I really do like that. And I really think we crave it right now because we just haven't had access to it. So when I knew the book was coming out, I was like, and it has, I have to say this was really last minute, typical of my personality, just we'll do it now we'll this is happening now big bloody fest rest of all um, so I was like let's do it I'll do a book launch but a book launch sounded really boring and I thought that sounds really boring not just me like reading my book <laughs> like I, I'm the book's great I'm not saying it's boring but I like it just didn't sound that exciting so I was like why don't I just bring in loads of amazing guest speakers we'll have a panel we'll talk about self-development we'll make it a day with activities and things you can do so that's what's happening on the 26th of june in warwick so in the middle of england it's a gorgeous venue it's a lovely space and um we're gonna have there's gonna be nice activities for you to try things for you to do it's a lovely space to come and hang out there's an outdoor bit we're hoping the weather's gonna be nice so we can go and get outside it will be very much you know there'll be things to do with the book there and things for you to look at we have some brilliant speakers we've got somebody who's going to do breath work and dance types don't be scared because i said dance by the way everybody that's listening and um, very fun wake up types <laughs> is that you your, your people listening i'll leave it i'll leave it actually <laughs> um you're welcome to come by the way you are invited to come for free um and um so yeah people are gonna have people speaking so we've got and um, people talking about um why you've never got anything to wear so it's about confidence self-confidence uh we've got um Lessons from a clown and uh, my friend Emma Stroud, who's going to talk about play and how play is so important for us. Uh, we have uh, Lee Brennan, um, who was in a boy band, uh, 911. We've got Jess in Piazzi and um, Taylor from the Waffle Shop podcast, who are going to be on my panel. And that panel is going to be, we're going to be, you know, we're just going to be chatting about mental health. And I think it is important sometimes to have more high profile people on those panels because again like we just said there's that tendency to see somebody who's had success in an area and go well they must have it all together they must have had no pain in their lives and you know we know it's not true really when we think about it but sometimes I think it's really nice to hear on a human level somebody's story so we've got a lovely panel happening and I will be chatting and talking about all kinds of stuff and it's just going to be a really lovely day to be surrounded by people who are interested in self-development and um yeah so it's i mean the, there's lots of things i haven't fine-tuned for it because i want to chuck i'm like a child i just want to chuck in new ideas all of the time and my poor event planner who's helping me um yeah just we just got to feel sorry for her because i'm chucking ideas at her thankfully she's fabulous so she can deal with it but it's going to be a really good day and a nice space to have something to go to and to get out and be around really cool nice non-judgmental people and i always at every event and i will do this for this as well i appreciate that it's a big deal for some people to come to stuff in real in real life and a lot of the time i'll have people that are messaging before and they're having panic attacks and anxiety and worries and they haven't slept the night before and there's no judgment on that and what i do is i will do a video 
of going in so you can see the space so you can see what it's going to look like i will tell you where the parking's going to be what the train is where the trains are and all of that stuff because i know that's the kind of stuff that makes us anxious and i'm also creating a space in there where i'm going to have ear defenders so you mm -hmm. can go and decompress somewhere right so there's just a space we can just go on no noise just i need a minute it's all too much it's all a bit overwhelming um and i need that myself so i have i i've got the in-ear things because sometimes noise bothers me and it gets a bit too sensory overload and i appreciate when people come to something in person like this especially if you've come with all the anxiety of getting there and then you're there and it's all a bit much you might want to just go and sit and we're, we're creating a whole space for that so you can just go and sit somewhere catch your breath for a minute and just sit Amazing. it will be a nice um space of just loveliness that's what it will be sounds great sounds like you got it all covered off and basically what you're saying is any inquiries of any nature no matter how small everyone should direct them directly towards you straight in your dms like where are the yeah. toilets uh, no, not all of that <laughs> stuff no i'm gonna give you the stuff i'll put it out into the world okay and, you know, personal uh, responsibility everybody i mean you know i'm not your mom that's the <laughs> I mean, I do say that as a coach, I'm not your mom. I've got two of my own. I want you to have personal responsibility, but I also do appreciate that when you come into stuff like this, there are just sometimes you want to, you know, you just, you want to know where, I get when people are, you know, feeling anxious, you want to know where the exits are. You want to know where, where can, I, can I go outside and sit down? And, and I have really thought about this because I know what it feels to feel like that. You know, I am you guys. Like, I, I am I am that as well. I have I, I work through all of the same stuff. And I'll often say I'm in the trenches too. Like, I have been through stuff, go through stuff. And I, I see the blind spots. When, when you come into something like that, it can feel really daunting. And for some people coming to that, it's not even and I've had this in the past, it's not even the content or what's happening at the event, it's actually the act of getting there in the first place is bigger than anything. And it's amazing. And you might feel absolutely burnt out when you do, because you it's taken so much just to get to something. So I get that, like, and you know, I'm, I'm sound, like I won't be horrible, I won't be scary or like pick you out or anything. It will be dead chilled. So yes, get your tickets. There'll be all of the stuff. I'm sure you'll put links below the podcast, but you can get it all on my website. It's all there and on my social media. Amazing. It sounds like you've thought of everything and this event is for everyone, especially for people that feel like this is not the sort of thing that they would typically go to and that it's going to be a safe space for anyone and everyone to show up and you know, just take some small steps in the direction of making themselves feel uh, a little bit more happy and a little less crappy. Absolutely. Perfect. There you go. Well, this has been amazing. Um, you know, like uh, what comes through is just for me or, or, or what you sort of evoke in me is that this unstuffy, straight talking down to earth approach to self-care and, and self-development and I really just think like there's that's really really what a lot of people need in this world world right now um this stuff is not for a certain subset of people it is for everyone and that means that we need people out there that have like the skills and the language to translate it for people that um you know like can hear that language so i, I think you're amazing you're, you're doing fantastic work uh, you're one of the very, very many angels of the North. There are so many, too many. <laughs> Love it. Thank you. And uh, yeah, where can people find you on your socials and your websites? Because I know everyone's so going to be. I am hollymatthews.com slash all my stuff. Again, I just try to keep it simple. It, it, I'm, I hang out on Instagram a fair bit. I am Holly Matthews. 
Um, I do have a Facebook group, which I'm not in a massive amount now. I have to be really honest with you. It's a free space though. And it, I do go in there and there is lots of old videos in there that you can watch and lots of talks about self-development. That's the Happy Me Project Facebook group. It's an amazing community in there and always a safe space to land. And then of course, you've got my membership and the book and all of those. There's a podcast as well, which I have to be, again, very honest and say I'm on there sometimes and sometimes I'm not I do it and then I don't um I have recorded loads but they haven't been edited and they'll get they'll get out when they get out okay but there is plenty on there for people to listen to but yeah comment if you type Holly Matthews into Google and you don't find me then the internet is broken and you should phone somebody and tell them the internet is broken because I'm there I mean you'll find all sorts probably but I'm there so come and say hello and tell me you came from this podcast as well yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, this has been grazing, uh, amazing, um, great and amazing, grazing, um, wonderful conversation. And uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing you at rest of all and I'll see you again soon. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you so much. Thank you.